The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. Good evening, goons. We're back after a long hiatus. I'm with Sam and Kaylin, as always. And uh, yeah, we had a busy couple of weeks, I guess. So we just decided to take the time off rather than uh, stressing and uh, doing an episode. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, much needed break. Got lots of work going on. Everybody's busy making money, doing what we do. Yeah. <laughs> David's looking more and more like a mad scientist every time I see him over there. It's, I'm kind uh, of embarrassed I'm now. Like I hung up these four pictures since the last time. <laughs> I think that that's got to count for something. <laughs> you 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 got stuff on the wall. I can't seem to get stuff to stick. I I gotta show you something. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm trying to put it's up a poster. Cool. Those are like those are the those are like the original patents for like the the stock ticker tape. From like the 1800s like yeah. the edison ticker tape like yeah from from the original like uh, stock exchange so those are all the the individual like patent drawings from like 18 and a late 1800s to like early 1900s that's dope i, I those are awesome i love those yeah. schematic drawing things and they're actually all level too which i'm very proud of <laughs> anyways uh well yeah we'll get right into it so we're gonna start giving you guys like a bit of a rundown of what the actual episodes are gonna be um like what we'll be discussing in the episodes just kind of keep it a little bit more uh streamlined so if you guys want to hear certain parts or you don't want to hear certain parts you can like skip ahead or skip back or whatever um so we're gonna start kind of on like a technical analysis episode so this one i got here let's see we're gonna talk about uh we'll talk about like how to properly mitigate risk and like by mitigating risk it's how to properly get in and out of your trades and how to, you know, appropriately operate your trades when you're in a losing position versus a winning position, <clears throat> um, how to enter those trades. Um, and then also we're going to talk about uh, information basically on different time frames. So like whether you're trading on the one minute, the 15 minute, the four hour, the daily, weekly, monthly candles, whatever you're trading on, um how to how to appropriately basically tackle those different time frames and how to stick to your plans essentially um i got, I got sucked into that before like yeah like I'll, I'll be like i'll trade on like the daily but then i'll be like but i want more resolution so then i'll let me check out the hourly and then i'll check out the minutes and then just completely lost yeah and then all of a sudden you're you're totally out of your out of the original trade and yeah, yeah i know exactly what you mean <laughs> yeah so uh sam if you wouldn't mind just pulling up my screen here i just got the netflix chart open just because like i've honestly i've been so out of it the past couple of weeks i haven't really had a chance to catch up on like these things and i just opened this before the podcast like <laughs> holy shit you know far down this thing is from like 700 down to 180 so i mean i don't own any of this but i'm kind of <laughs> sad i didn't short it <laughs> um so this one, I'm, I'm going to talk basically about all the technicals. I'm just going to use this chart as an example. Like I, I didn't trade this or anything. I just, I'm just pulling this up just kind of as an example. Um, Cause I could just see pretty quickly off the bat, like a, a couple good, um, a couple good things I could talk about here. So like, I'm obviously short biased when it comes to trading, like I invest long-term, but whenever I do my trading, I'm probably 95% of the time I'm shorting stuff. I don't really, I don't really swing trade long very much. Um, so um, the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to how to properly scale in and out of trades and mitigate risk on your trades, because that's the biggest thing, right, guys, is like whenever you're whenever you're trading, like the goal is it's not to just, you know, YOLO into a trade and hope for the best because like, yeah, I mean, how many guys at this point, like how quiet is Twitter these days, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't hear all those guys like, oh, yeah, making all this money, like markets are easy, this and that, like. All those guys are dead. Like all those guys are gone and you know, we're still here just doing our thing. Nothing's changed. 
But uh, the reason that happened is because the markets changed, right? So like, like they, even David and I, like, we know a lot of people personally that in, you know, 2020, 2021, like they were just throwing money at anything and just, you know, 10,000 bucks, 20,000 bucks, you know, week after week after week, because you could just buy anything and it would just go up, right? Like there was no, there was no losing, but you know, what happens if all of a sudden, you know, this happens, <laughs> right? Like what, what if all of a sudden this goes down to here and you think, oh, I'll just do what I just did in 2020 and I'll just buy it. And then it goes down to here and you're like, oh shit, well, maybe I'll just buy more because it's definitely going to go up. And then all of a sudden it goes down to here and now you've wiped out two years worth of gains in a single trade. Like it happens. I've seen it happen a bunch of times. So that's why like risk mitigation is probably the most important factor. And, you know, anybody can make money in the markets, but it's it's a lot tougher to keep it. So um, when it comes to risk mitigating, um, anytime that we've, you know, we've talked about this in the last in the podcast is we always talk about like having a plan, right? So like whenever you trade, you want to have a plan. You want to know like where where are you going to start getting into the trade? Where do you want to exit the trade? Where are you planning to stop out? You know, roughly how much money are you willing to risk? Like all that stuff has to be thought about beforehand. Because if you're just looking at something on the fly and you just, you know, you just jump into it because you see, and like I'm, I'm kind of expressing things that I've heard from from guys that I know that were new. And like some of the things that I've heard like from guys that lost a lot of money is like, oh, well, I just saw the thing, you know, pop up. And then it was like supporting around, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. And it, I just kind of saw it sit there for a second. So I just, you know, I just bought like $20,000 worth of the stock and then it tanked and I lost all this money. And it's like, okay, well, what, what was your plan? Like, what what were you even thinking if, if that $50 mark broke, what was going to happen? Like that didn't even cross your mind. You just went into that trade assuming that the the $50 mark was never going to break, right? And that's not the right way to do it. Um, I've, I've, uh, I heard, you know what I heard a lot of, and it, it's become a P of mine. They'll say like, oh, it's down 50%. How much, how much lower can it go? Like, you know? can go down another 50%. Like, yeah, I know. I was like, that was the reason, like, I mean, I'm like, that was the reason you bought it. It's like, yeah, it went down 50%. This is like a yeah. no brainer. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, that doesn't work either way. Like a stock is never too high and it's never too low. There's always, it can always go further. Like, it can always go further, right? Um, so I, I'm going to kind of look at this little area here. Just because this is, this is the, the weekly chart. It's just kind of, it's just nice and clean on Netflix here. So I'm just going to use that for an example. Um, again, this is, I'm talking all short bias, but it kind of, it works in the flip side as well if you're a long bias trader. So for me, like I'm always kind of looking for like tops. Like I like to short into, tops and if you're a long bias trader you want to you want to buy on the bottoms and like the the best case scenario is that you can get like as far to the outer range of the move as possible so like if you're going to look at you know like you can look at any kind of section any time frame like say if you're looking you know if you're looking in this time frame here right so we have kind of bounces down here and then it, it bottoms out here at like 245 and then it sort of comes up and now it's sitting around the 345 and then it goes to 385, 345, 385. Well, like if I'm looking at this, I, I wouldn't really want to be buying at the 345. Like I'd want to try and get in again as close as I can down here because this is like, like this is kind of like what I see as the range, right? Like you have, you know, you can draw these lines in. And to me, like that's that's what I see is like the range of the stock like in this time. So it's kind of it's trading in between this top and this this ultimate bottom. So like I don't really want to be getting into this like in the middle or you know I don't want to be buying it too close to the top if I'm going long. I don't want to be shorting it too close to the bottom if I'm short cuz your your risk rewards is not that good, right? Like I mean if you're if you're going to buy this up here, well 
realistically what's best case scenario okay you buy it 375 and then it goes up to 415 and then but if you buy it 375 it could eat it could just as easily drop all the way down to 235 right because that's the bottom that's the bottom of this range so that's what i mean when i say like you want to try and find like the like just whatever your time frame is i mean if you're trading in this time frame here on you know on the hourly chart then your range could be 335 to 375 so you just got to kind of figure out where you are and then work off of that. Um, but if I go, this is kind of a good example here for shorting. So actually, well, yeah, you can even look right here. So I like to find, um, like I've said before on the podcast, like I really like the the candle closes and opens. Like the wicks are kind of like a little bit more like noise. Um, if you get If you get a really thick candle, like something like this, where there's no wicks on either side, like the open and the close of those candles, especially if you get multiple levels like this, we have, you know, if I zoom in here, you can see like this one has a really like really solid top right there. And then it comes back again, you get two more candles that are really solid. They don't really have big wicks. Um, those are the kind of levels that I like to look for. And that, that works on any time frame, like whether you're looking at the one minute or the one month, um, small wicks are really good because that tells me that there's a ton of, buying or selling pressure right at that area and it's a firm level it's not like when you get a big wick like okay you have this big panic through a huge range it's like no there's a really defined level there so it just it stops and it trades against it for a period of time and then it'll come back away because especially on the longer time frames like this like what's happening is basically the stock's been pushed up to that line if you're going long say the, the, the stock's been pushed up there and there's so many sellers that are just sitting there at that exact, like say here, you know, it's 380 or whatever, for example, the sellers are just sitting at 380 and you have all these buyers that are just pushing into that 380 line, but it's just holding and holding and holding and holding. And then it pulls away again slowly. So that's what creates that, that solid candle without the wick is just, you can tell that there's just a wall of sellers there. Same thing for the buyers. So when it comes down, it comes back up to that line. Those are the areas that I'm interested to short in because I know that there's a wall of sellers sitting there. Um, did you notice the, <clears throat> if you could pull back there, did you notice the candle formations? It's like so confused. Like it just shows it's like a battle between bulls and bears. There's like, there's like the two spinning tops, the green with the long wicks, <clears throat> excuse me, mm -hmm. in the middle of the page. Um, yeah. And then followed by like open dump. Then you got a, you know, a lot of buying. Then you get another dump and you get a lot of buying. And then you get a couple more like spinning tops and just like, it's just so, like, there was nine weeks of confusion. I don't know what happened in the news during that time, but if, I'm just looking at this candle. I'm like, I'm, I'm going, that's like no, no, no man's land. I wouldn't trade that all. Yeah. But that's again, why you'd want to draw your ranges, right? So if you're, yeah. if you're going to trade on this, like if you're going to trade on a smaller time frame, it's pretty clear that, you know, your top is up here at 385 and your bottom's down here around, you know, 340 area, right? And it just, yeah. you know, it hits here and then it hits there and then it hits and it hits and it hits like it just it just bounces back and forth between those channels. So if you're trading these levels, like why would I want to be getting in a trade at, you know, 360 long or short, like you're dead center in the middle of that range. Like that's just not a good place to get into the trade. You got to be patient and wait for that. Wait for that, like you know, the, the top or the bottom of that range to be able to to give yourself the best risk reward. And then you can see like right when the right when that range, like on this on the smaller time frame here, right when it breaks, you know, look at the volume at the bottom here, right? Like it breaks hard when that when that breaks. And it's just a big fat candle, like no wicks, right? Like it breaks hard. So that that shows you kind of the value of these ranges and keeping an eye on these candles that are closing like that. So 
if we go to the if we go back to the bigger time frame again, you know, if we look at something like this, so if if I'm again like I'm you know I'm mostly short biased, so I'd be looking basically at something like that, right? As my tops, and then you can see again if we look at the bottom, you know, this is this is somewhere around here, roughly the bottom of your range, give or take. So we've hit this and we've hit this again. So, you know, we have a top here. So if I was going to short it here, for example, I'd be looking to kind of cover, you know, as it goes down, as it goes down, as it goes down. And then I wouldn't really look to re-enter this until it got really close back to this, this high again, because what's the point? Like, again, I don't, I don't want to be getting in, you know, down here, anticipating that it's just going to go lower because what if it doesn't? Well, now where's my risk? Like there's, there's nowhere like, circle or whatever can i draw like circles on this yeah there's <clears throat> excuse me there's circles oh god i don't use this i don't use trade it might be the paintbrush one. oh circle there we go yeah yeah so oh okay that's a weird way to draw a circle <laughs> okay so in like this area here hold on i'll figure this out yeah you can change <laughs> the colors and stuff yeah so yeah so like in this in this kind of area here like there's there's not really much support or resistance to work off. I mean, yeah, you could you could argue here that there's a little bit of a top right there because that was the bottom of this, you know, the, this smaller range. But I mean, you know, we hit the top twice here. We broke that level pretty cleanly and we just faded down. So like, like, why would I be trying to short on this move up here? Like, why would I just be trying to get into this, get into this? Because what am I risking off of? Like, where's my where's my overhead, right? Like if, if we get halfway up and then, Okay, say I short, you know, um, I, I just see this candle here. I see this big top wick and I'm like, oh, that's a bunch of selling pressure. Look, it's on, you know, it's high volume. It's selling pressure. So I'll short up into the top of this. Okay, well, I short up in here and then boom, you get this big green candle. Well, now what? Like, should I, should I cover? Like, should I get out? Well, what's my risk? My risk is up here. So do I just hold it and let it go all the way up, all the way up, all the way up? And then you can see here, you know, we just wicked over it a little bit. So maybe by this point, you're at max pain and you're underwater so far, you get that little, you know, two cent wick and you're like, fuck it, I'm out, <laughs> you bail, you take a huge loss and then it tanks and then you're like, fuck, I should have waited for that move, right? So that's why it's really important, um, I think, just to have patience and that sort of stuff. And the best way to do that is to scale around these levels. And when it comes to mitigating risk, it's, in my opinion, it's a lot less stressful and it's really important to scale around a level. And what I mean by that is if I draw like a rectangle on here, say, you know, something like that, like that would be kind of the range that I would be looking to scale into. And the reason for that is because sometimes when you see these really solid levels where you can see those big thick candles closing, you know, there's a wall of, of sellers there that's holding it down. Sometimes when that breaks, you just get like a big panic pop through it. And then it whips right back down, right? On any on any time frame that can happen. And we we kind of see that a little bit here if I zoom in. So we kind of see that a little bit where it's it's kind of wicked over the line and then it's gone down, and then you get another big top wick and another big top wick. So it's it's broken that level a little bit. So the reason that I like to like I would start in, you know, maybe on each of these lines, like every 20 bucks. So say 360, 380, 400, maybe 420, you know, four entries over that whole range. And the reason for that is like, no, I'm not going to get full size, which is okay. You know, I don't always have to go in full size on every trade. So like if it just maybe just gets to the bottom here and it fades down, well, okay, fine. You know, big deal. I still made money. I just didn't make as much as I thought I might have. 
But the nice thing about that is when it comes to mitigating risk, normally most of the time when these levels break, they will come back to that area after. They'll go through and they'll come back and give you a chance to get out. So what you can do in this situation is, you know, obviously you don't want to just hold and assume this is going to happen. This is something that you're going to learn with like screen time and tracking these stocks and all these sorts of things. But for the most part, like on the setups that I play and things like that, I, I know that very, very often you get something like this. So what happened here is when this level broke and it broke strong. So let's say I scaled into this range here. You know, if I just, if I just kind of move this box over. So if I scaled into that range there, well, my average would be right in the center of this box, right? If I scaled over that range. So if this candle whips up like that, and it comes right back down. The bottom of this candle came right back down to the center of that box. So I can get out for break even on that trade, right? So you're not, you're not risking as much in that sense. And obviously, you would still have to have a max loss somewhere over here. Like you're not just going to let this thing, you know, rip up to $800 and assume it's going to come back. Like that can't happen. So you have to have like a hard stop level above or below if you're long or short. But typically, you'll get something like this where it'll break through it'll retest to some degree, and then it'll make the next move pass. So if you're scaling beyond those levels up, up, like upper or lower, depending if you're long and short, when it makes that move back, you can get out for a really minimal loss. And that's going to protect you a lot. And we, we kind of saw the same thing over here, like even on the smaller time frame, when we were looking, um, hold on, I'll just move these lines over. But, yeah, I think that's why it's super important to like put in the time and just study a tons and tons of charts because then you can start to notice these patterns. Like you always see a breakout, then you almost always see a retest of the level that it broke out at. And then so if you're 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 in short and you got stuck, you don't have to cover right away. You know there's going to be a retest. Just get your orders ready for that level, and then you can get out kind of safely with a little bit of loss. Yeah, exactly. So even in this case, what we were looking at earlier. Right when it broke, when it broke to the bottom side, say you're long, right? You're mm. trading through this smaller range here. You're buying it. Remember, you're buying at the bottom. You're not buying in the middle. You're buying at the bottom, selling up towards the top. Buying at the bottom, selling up towards the top. You know when it breaks, okay, it breaks down and then it comes right back up to that line again. So you can once again, you can get out for almost break even. And if you get lucky and you get enough of these kind of going back and forth, you know you've you've set your bottom here. So maybe you didn't take that trade and then you set your top. Okay, well, I'll, I'm going to trade this now because I, I see a level here. So I'm going to take that trade. That's one trade. And take that trade. That's another trade. And take this trade. It breaks. Okay, I get out for, you know, maybe a small loss or break even. I've still probably made pretty good money in there, right? It's not yeah. It's like much lower stress. So that's that's why I think a lot of people, a lot of people think it's like, you know, one in, one out. Like I got to go all in. And then if it goes like just pass and I cut it and I take a big loss, well, in like the way that I trade, I just don't think that's I don't just don't think that's really like sustainable long term because it's really stressful and it doesn't give you the opportunity to get out for a smaller loss. So but I think a really important thing to remember, though, is that if you do do that and you try to implement that in your trades, you have to remember that you always have to have a hard stop there somewhere. So obviously, you know, if I've scaled in full size between 360 and 420, you know, maybe my stop is at 480 or something like that, like that's going to be a big loss, right? Because I'm in full size and it's gone like quite a ways past the line. But, you know, depending what type of trading you're doing, you should have tracked all this information over, you know, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of examples 
And you should have statistics that tells me, you know, 85% of the time, it's not going to get this far past my line under these parameters. It's going to come back 85% of the time and give me a chance to get out. So, you know, you can take that trade and 85% of the time, you know, not even including your winning, your winning ratio, you know, so maybe you, maybe you win on that trade 90% of the time and 85% of the time it breaks, but then it comes back. Well, I mean, those are great numbers because now, you know, there's only a 15% chance or, you know, whatever that you're going to, that you're going to hit your max loss basically. So if you take that trade every single time, then those handful of times you hit your max loss, it doesn't matter because the system over the, over the period of time, like over the long game, it's going to work because it's all about probability and it's all about doing things over and over and over. That's why it's, it's really important. And I know a lot of traders say this is that you have to take the trades. Like you have to be comfortable in your system. And when you see the setup, you have to take the setup because I think we've talked about this before on the podcast where it's like at the casino, right? Like if you go, if, if you're the casino, like if I'm, if I own the casino and I go down to the floor and I, I walk around, I say, okay, that guy could place a bet. I don't want that guy to place a bet. That guy can place a bet. You know, this person can place a bet. That person, I don't want to place a bet. I might lose at the end of the day because I might've, the people that I told not to bet might've been the ones that were going to lose. And all the ones that I picked to bet might've been the ones that were going to win and take money from me. So it's the same thing in trading. If you see your setup, you got to take the trade because that could be the one that works. And then you might hesitate, not take the trade. And then the next time you see it, you take the trade, but that's one of your 15% losers, right? So it messes up the whole system. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a weird mind, like fuckery sort of thing you got to get used to. It is. I've gotten stuck in a couple of those where I didn't take the trade I should have. Then I tried to make up for it with trades that I shouldn't have taken. And then I ended up in this funk where it's just always the bad trade I'm taking. Yeah. But, and then you start second guessing your system yeah. and you're like, will this even work? And you're, yeah. and you go back to the drawing board and you're rerunning all your calculations <laughs> and it's like, fuck, no, it should work. And then you, but then you're still kind of nervous. Like, yeah. <clears throat> you can't hesitate at all. Yeah. Like here, here's another example right here too. Just like before we move on is, you know, there's there's kind of your tops again, right? From all these candles, sets like you know, it sets a really nice range. Like you, you can play these for a long time. Like what is this, July 2020 through September 2021? Like you could literally play this channel for a year, making a hundred dollars. Four eighty, yeah, four eighty to five eighty. So from here, so this sets your ranges, and then you got one, two, you know, three, maybe four maybe four or five times you know you can make you can make five hundred dollars a share on netflix over a year trading this range well netflix at this point was only worth five hundred dollars a share <laughs> you know so that's 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 how you kind of work these channels and then again here we have the same thing right when it breaks through comes back and it touches right on that line so if you're if you're scaling over the range you're getting out for break even on that on that last exit and then you know that you're done with the trade and then you you know, you just wait, let it go, let it go until it sets or until it, you know, completely tanks or it sets up its next range, right? <laughs> I, 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 every time I look at that, it's unbelievable. I get that, I get a little image in, in my head, like a little cartoon character falling off a cliff. I love it, man. Like when I'm going to trade up here and I see this shit, I'm just like, oh yeah, we're making money today. <laughs> the size of that volume in the last three candles. It's ridiculous. Wild. Well, I think it was a huge gap down, wasn't it? If we go to the, yeah, if we go to the daily, it just oh. gapped down from 340 to, yeah, to 240 $100. Even over here, 500 to 390 
Wait, so that's um, that's not retail then. That's like they were uh, both earnings. Both earnings. Some of the first earnings. They did well. Well, sort yeah, they did well. I think it's just because it was the first time that it didn't improve or something like that. I heard. I know. I remember the first one. They were saying um, their user growth was slowing down, so it doesn't matter. You know, you made money the last three quarters or the last quarter. It's like, you know, everyone. It's the stocks are forward looking, so they're like, well, if your user growth is slowing down, then we got to dump this thing. Yeah, which doesn't really make sense to me because, like, eventually you're just going to run out of people. Like, there's only so many people in the world that can subscribe to Netflix. So at some point, it's going to slow down. You know what I think it is? I think, like, investors are just like, you know, how much juice can I squeeze out of this lemon? And then, you know, a lot of them looking at it, it's fucking, it's looking like a raisin right now. So (laughs) I think we got what we can out of it. (laughs) I just think that's wild, man. Like, especially, especially this, like, it helped, like, from basically 2018 all the way to, you know, 2022, like, you got, like, over four years of volume that's traded over that level. It's pretty wild. Do you remember what I t- said to, to, to you and Brendan the other day? I'm like, I'm a buyer, but uh, not not at twenty, not at these levels. Like they got to go to like 2018 levels. Well, the thing that I the thing that I look for, and like I was talking to you guys about it, that I really like to see is like the nice thing about like when markets turn around, and this like you know like like I don't I don't know if you're down, and I'm sure you're down this year overall. Like I know I'm yeah. down quite a bit this year overall, but like I've been stressed out once because the nice thing is that all the stuff I own it's held up so much better. So like, if you look at tech stocks, like in my mind, all you got to do, like if you're, you know, if you don't want to dig into all these companies, you don't want to learn all this stuff. Okay. Let's, let's look at Netflix here. So what happened in 2020 before COVID, right? We came down, or is it, here's the COVID COVID drop came down to 300 bucks and then it went up. Well, look where we are now. We're way down here at 2018 levels. Okay. Let's look at, uh, you know, zoom, say another tech company, zoom, we got, you know, we had COVID lows down here at 65 bucks or no, sorry. Where's, where's COVID here? February. Oh, it didn't even really dip this one. March. Yeah. This one only dipped a little bit. So COVID lows, you know, 110 bucks went all the way up to 550, And now we're back down below that level again. And then, you know, you look at something like say Apple and, you know, look at Apple. Here's the COVID lows down here at 56. We're still way the hell up here at 150. Like you don't have to be a rocket scientist to say, okay, maybe Apple's a good tech stock to buy. Like everything else is getting slaughtered and it's down four years in prices. Apple's down, I don't know, like a month. <laughs> I'd say you Apple's know? almost the um the outlier. It's become like the safety stock. It's still a growth, a little bit of a growth stock, but it's more like it's a safe haven <laughs> stock now. Like people put yeah. like lack of lacking good ideas, they'll put money into Apple. Well, even Amazon, like you look at Amazon and it's like, you know, the COVID lows were down here at, you know, 1600 bucks a share. Like we're still up here at 2300 bucks a share, right? Like it's, it's still holding above this breakout level where it topped like, like 2018 is where it hit this level the first time. So it's, it's still above those levels. Whereas you have all these other tech stocks that are way the hell down here. Like, I don't know yeah. what's another one we can look at. Uh, oh, no, check out um, Lucid like, or Rivian. They're both below yeah. their IPO price. Yeah, here's Google. Same same story, right? Like, you know, COVID snap is way down here and we're still up here. So, like, that's that's kind of like what I what I like to look for in these in these industries. Like, again, like I'm not I'm not a professional investor. You know, I'm a trader. Like, I don't, I don't pretend to know anything about how these companies operate or 
financials or any of that kind of stuff. Like that is not my area of expertise. I'm not the one to tell you what companies to buy at all. Like I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that. But, you know, me not knowing anything, I just look at this and I think, okay, the whole tech market is crashing and there's these, you know, four or five or six stocks that really don't look like they're having a hard time at all. So what does that tell me? That tells me that when the overall market turns around, those handful of stocks are going to be the ones that just absolutely explode. And the same goes for any industry, right? If you're in commodities or, you know, I don't know, oil or tech or gold or whatever the hell you're in, if the whole market's going down, look at the sector, look at that sector and just, you know, go through an array of 20 or 30 stocks in that sector. And there'll be, there'll, there's always going to be a handful of them that aren't having a very difficult time. And those are the ones that you're going to want to buy because everything goes up when times are good. But when times are bad and things start to come down, the ones that were artificially up are really going to come down. The ones that are solid and you know have a good fundamental base behind them, they're just going to kind of, you know, take a little bit of a breather and then they're going to keep going. You know what? This opens up a can of worms on um, a couple of things, whether you're, you're whether or not you're a trader or an investor and also like what kind of a trader. Because like so, yeah, like if if you want to like play more, play it more safe, then those are awesome places to park your money. But then the ones that drop the most probably going to pop the hardest if if the market turns around and momentum turns around, right? Peloton's yeah. down like 80 something percent. It's going to go for like a 20% pop at some point, you know. Sorry, what which one? Peloton. Oh god. <laughs> I think it's down 80 something percent, man. Oh, I was so mad I covered my short. <laughs> Do you guys not remember that when I, when we were I think we were talking about yeah, we were talking about this a year ago on the yeah. podcast. I was shorting yeah. in here. Yeah. And I covered it down at 80. I covered it right. I think I hit like almost dead bottom. You at covered 80. it at the perfect time. Yeah, I covered it right at 80. I, I got in here. I covered it right at 80. And that was it. And then I didn't even pay attention to it after that. And then it was like months later, David's like, oh, yeah, did you see Peloton? It's at like 20 bucks a share. I'm like, great. Of course it is. <laughs> Dude, remember, remember, um, I wanted to short. Was it Rivian? I was so yeah. mad. I said, I want to make you check out Rivian's thing. I. And I couldn't short it because I set up my account incorrectly, remember? Yeah. I needed the margin account set up. I thought it was a margin account. That's why my order never hit. And then I missed that that spike up. That that would have put me in the red, but then I wouldn't have sold. I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't have covered. And I would have written this thing down. Not Maybe not all the way, but I would have written it somewhere. I think I, I drew this line because I haven't opened this since we talked. I drew this line like when you were talking about that. And I was telling you, you should short off this 123 area. Yeah. And that was right where it like it tried to get through it for for a month and it couldn't it just kept going down. Look at this just it's almost like a straight line to wow. Just just while we're here too just so everybody knows these candles are so good for like reversal in any direction. Big volume. I know we've talked about this before but big wick, big volume. That all that does is anybody who got in in this area is so trapped and so fucked that it's going to be real hard to get through that level again. Same goes for the bottom, right? So like in this case, this all this tells you, like if this was written in, in English, it would say there is so many buyers that bought in here and got dumped on on huge volume. So now it's down here. Everybody that bought in this square is going to try and get the hell out anytime the price gets into that square. What, so what, those, what, did, what does the daily look like? Was there like four days of buying on low volume and just one slam? Let's see here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two slams. That. Gap two down, slams. gap down. Hey, see, so like this is what happens, right? You get this even on the smaller, the smaller time frame. So this is the daily. You have this, you know, rip up, gap higher, 
closes higher, gap down, tanks, bigger gap down, tanks even more, and then it opens higher. And look what happens when it opens higher. You get this big top wick because what's that? That's everybody up here who is like, oh shit, I bought way up here. Now let's get the hell out. So as soon as it comes up, everybody's like, okay, how high is it going to go? How high is it going to go? How does it? And then as soon as it turns around, they're like, okay, fuck, sell it. It's not going to go any higher. And then they all panic out. And then anybody who didn't, it's still stuck up here. So now it just becomes, okay, you know, it's just not getting through this line. Yeah, like, like this is the line that I drew back when we talked. Because I was like, dude, it's not going to break that because of all this, yeah. all these people that are trapped up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, see, I think this is the, this is a good telltale that you've kind of arrived in terms of TA where you could look at, well, we're, like we're looking at the chart and we're basically painting the story of what these guys are feeling and what they're thinking, what's happening. That's when you That's understand trading. Yeah. Right. That's trading is like when you, when you're trading, you're trading against other humans. That's what I don't think a lot of people realize. Like they look at this and they Google some chart pattern and they're like, Oh, if I see the rising reverse flying Eagle wedge with a, you know, 16 superpower jetpack on, then I know that I have to do this. And it's like, no guys, like you need to to look, look, look at the volume. Volume is very important. Volume tells you how many people were there that day, how many people got fucked that day and how many people are making money that day. That's what that tells you. And then you can combine that with the actual setup on the chart pattern. And that's going to tell you where, where the weight is, like, where's your brick wall? Is it above? Is it below? Is there no brick wall? Like that's, that's what that's going to tell you. And I kind of, we got a little bit on a sidetrack there, but the last thing that I wanted to talk about was um, um, like different time frames when you're doing trades, like on different candles. So this is a perfect ex- <clears throat> example, excuse me, that we pulled this up. So um, I'll just take a look at a few different time frames here to get an idea. So I should point out, that's the important thing that you're doing right now. It's like, people are thinking, well, why are we looking at different time frames? It's because we're trying to get context. We're trying to get a grasp of the context of this entire stock's move. Yeah, um, it gives you more it gives you more information. Like when I yeah. when I'm when I'm trading, like when I'm actively trading, whichever stock I'm in, I have at least three, sometimes four charts open. It's the same stock, just all different time frames. Yeah. So I can see it all move in tandem and it's they're all going to give me different information. Like that's, you know, that might be a, a lot for some people to to, you know, if you're just starting out, you don't necessarily have to do that. You don't necessarily have to do that if you're swing trading or whatever either, but it's going to give you more information because like no matter what your time frame is, always start big always start the the larger time frame the bigger candles the big picture is where most of the weight is going to be held if you're seeing something you know i think they even have like 30 second candles on some brokers now but like if you're seeing something in like a 30 second candle or a one minute candle it's not going to hold that much weight it's going to like you might see a couple little things that make sense but then outside of that it's not going to hold that much weight so anytime i'm trading i always start big so like for example, if I was going to trade Rivian, I would look at this, I would see this huge volume candle and I would see this massive stuff. And that would tell me that for one month, I have one month worth of buying on huge volume where everybody who bought is now stuck and they are red on their position. So that tells me, okay, this is probably a good short. If we get over the top of this this wick, it's not a good short anymore because now everybody who bought who was trapped is now free and they're now in the money. And if I'm short, I don't want people to be happy and I don't want people to be making money, <laughs> right? So in this case, I would look at that and I'd say, okay, great. I can look at the one month chart and I know that I have one month of people who are screwed and they're stuck in their position. All right, let's move down. So now we go to the one week chart. All right, let's look at the one week chart. So 
the one week chart, we have, you know, a decent amount of volume on the first week, green. Anybody who bought here is in good shape, even with this, right? They're still okay. They're still fine. They still bought down here, you know, it wicked way up. Maybe they're upset because they didn't get as much money as they thought and they're still in their position. They're waiting for it to go higher. But have an even bigger volume candle on the second week with that massive top wick. So I know that I, I have now a full month overall of people that are stuck. I have a full week overall on really high volume of people that are stuck. And then look what happens down here. The volume drops to absolutely nothing. So what does that tell me? That tells me that there's no panic selling yet. That tells me that everybody up here is trapped in their position and they're just waiting. This is really low volume. Everybody is stuck. They're sitting there at their computer sweating as the ticks go by and they're just waiting on low volume. They're just waiting, waiting for this thing to go back up. So, okay, that's good, right? If I'm short, that's good. Everybody's trapped. Nobody's sold yet and they're trapped. That's good. That's what I like to see. And then we can go into the daily. Oh, I have a question for you. Yeah. If you were to short this, because it is such a new stock without history, so you can't draw lines from the past, <clears throat> how would you decide where to exit? Like where to cover? Yeah, let, let, let's say you, you got in around the top and you're, you're in a short position. Where would you decide to, or how would you decide to? I would use like like whole, whole and half dollar kind of numbers, like the psychological numbers, 100, 150, stuff like that. Makes sense, yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so like, if, we're, like if, I, if I was short up here, for example, like if I saw, like if I did get short up here and then I saw that big stuff candle, I would hold and I would try to get into like the lows. Like I would try to cover, like again, like I said earlier, I like the closes of candles. So like if I was looking at this, because like to me, like to me, like this is a good entry. Like even though, you know, if you look at this and you think, okay, we're going from 130, the close of this candle is 106. So, you know, you know, you're 20, say 25 bucks or whatever. Like you can make 25 bucks if you short this here, right? Whereas if it goes from 130 to 180, well, you know, you're down what, 50 bucks or whatever. So technically it's, you know, a two to one reward to risk like it's not a good ratio but because again we go big right you know well granted you wouldn't have seen the one month at that point but the the one month would have looked like this because this wick is from that wick on the one week so the one month would have looked like this the one week you also have that right so that that's really good and then i can go you know and then i just go into the one day like i draw a line at the bottom here at you know 106 or whatever and like, that's, that's, that's really all the move I'd be looking for. Like I'd short it here and I'd cover it there and I'd be done with it because that's the easiest move. Cause once it hits that support, then it could start to grind back higher. Yeah. And like, look at that, even on the daily, like this big bottom wick on that candle, it, you know, almost hit it like bang on. So like the, the, the levels work, like they work really well. It's just, you just have to know like where to get in, where to get out. And then, and then here as well, we're seeing on the daily. So I saw that big, you know, that big rejection candle in the one week. And now I have another one here on the daily. Like it tried to go higher, it gapped up, it tried to go higher and it got rejected again. So like I might, I might throw even more size on here. Like, so you'd look at that and you'd say, okay, well, you, like I was talking about last time, right? Like you don't wanna be getting in, in the middle or the bottom of the range. Well, here we're getting in near the bottom of the range because your range is technically all the way up to here. So like if we're, if we're shorting, you know, right here, like we're, we're not even at the middle, like that's not, that doesn't look good, but because we've seen the one month, the one week, and now the one day, all telling me that this thing is going to go lower, I'm pretty comfortable that this thing's going to go lower. 
So th- there's like there's different ways that you can look at these things. And the more things you can combine, the better you can be in your trade. And that's when you're going to go big. That's when you're going to go full size. Like if you just see something on and that's kind of like what we're talking about in the in the time frame. So like, for example, like if we go say you're trading on the one week, like, OK, I trade the one week chart. So I see this. I'm going to short it here. I'm going to cover it there. And that's going to be it. Well, if I go to I don't even know if I'll be able to see back that far. But yeah, so here we go. So say say I'm looking at the four minute or the four hour candles, like I'm going to a smaller time frame. If this is where I shorted, and then all of a sudden I see this big pop here, I'm not just gonna panic and cover my position because I'm playing off the off the one week candles or the one day candles. This is just giving me a little bit more information because if I see something in here where I see it come up and then I see it like I see it start to hold and I see it start to slowly grind higher that might make me kind of question it a little bit, right? And think, okay, maybe I need to try and lighten out my position or start like channel trading it to try and, you know, bring my average up or whatever. That's that's all I'm going to get from the smaller timeframes. I'm not going to get like, oh, I saw a big pop on, you know, I'm trading on the on the daily timeframe and I saw a pop on the five minute candles. So I'm just going to bail out of my trade. Like, no, I'm trading on the ten, on the, the daily chart. So I'm going to use the information from the daily chart, the smaller timeframes, just give me a bit more insight into the overall sentiment and how people are looking at it at a, at a smaller time frame. But it's not going to be the deciding factor that gets me out of my decision. The deciding factor that would get me out of the trade is a level on the daily chart because that's what instigated the trade originally. You know, I, w- I might even add to my, like, like if I was sure, I might even add to my position there because that level was where the wicks were support before. So that's a very yeah. key area, right? So. I would get out if it broke support or broke where, where it used to be support, right? Yeah. Um, but then if but then there's a good chance that it's going to come back down. So then I would have probably um, um, dollar cost average my position there. Just take a little bit of a smaller loss if it goes up or if it goes back down, then just got yeah. a bigger size. That's that's exactly what I do. That's that's what I use the smaller time frames for is I get in and then because, you know, like if I'm looking at if I'm looking at, say, the one month time frame, you know, like, OK, great. It goes like this and then you just see one big candle like it's just straight down so like sure i could have shorted it you know at 120 and covered it at 105 but that tells me that i'm in the right trade so this tells me that the trade's going down and i know that my target to cover is down at that 106 area so how am i going to maximize the trade how can i get the most money out of this trade that's when you go to the smaller time frames so you can get in and out now, right? So if I'm, I'm take this, oh, hold on here. So if I'm getting in, you know, up here somewhere, for example, and I'm trying to cover, say, you know, at the bottom of this, right? Like just to make this a little bit clearer. So I'm trying to cover at the bottom of this candle here, this daily candle, because that that's that to me is the bottom of this range. And I've gotten in, you know, I've gotten in right here. Like right there is where I jumped in because I saw the weekly, I saw the monthly, and now I see the daily rejection. So I said, okay, three, three rejections, I'm good. I'm going to start into this trade. So I get in here. And then all of a sudden, you know, we see a, a $20 drop. Well, maybe I'll take some off. I'll take off a third of my position. And then it pops back up to here. Well, it's this level. That level is the bottom of this candle, right? So that's the bottom of this candle right here. Like again, the opens and closes of candles are very important, much more important than the wicks. So this will tank down. I can cover some here, and then I'll just put a I'll just put an open order back for this level here. And look, it hits it. 
And then, okay, well, now I'll just cover at the bottom of this, or which coincidentally ends up with the top of this candle over here. Right? Yeah. Lines up at the top of that candle. So, okay, now I've shorted here, I've covered. And then since, remember, big picture, we saw on the weekly time frame, we were getting in here with a goal to cover down here at 100. That was the plan. So it's wicked down. I think, okay, I'm up. So I'll cover some into this level, which is from a smaller time frame. And then it pops back up, smaller time frame again. Add those same shares I just covered back in. Comes down again, cover at that same level. Goes back up again, reshorted at that same level. Goes back down and then it hits our target. Now we're out. Now we're done the trade, right? So instead of just hitting in and out once, we've, you know, we've made an extra what is this, $20 each time. So in a trade that the original plan was to make $30 in that trade, we've added an additional $40 in range to that trade. So we've more than doubled our profits by, by basically channel trading in the smaller timeframes. So that's, that's what the smaller timeframes are for. You get your idea from the big picture, you get your entry and exit from the big picture, and then you can make more money by using the smaller timeframes and trading in between it. And like, you know, like we could go down as far as you want. You can go to the, I don't know, two hour chart. I don't, I don't use it. I, I used to, when I first started, there was a scalper that I followed. He had a YouTube channel and he would literally be playing the minute and the seconds. He'd just be scalping like 10 cents here, a penny there, but he'd be yeah. doing it for hours. And then by the end of the day, he's accumulated quite a bit of a, quite a bit of a stash. Well, it's the thing. It's like when we were looking at Netflix, right? Like if you had to just traded that channel on the weekly chart for a year, you're looking at $500 a share. That's the price of Netflix mm. <laughs> at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And even yeah. here, like the, the original plan is to make $30 a share. Well, now we can make, you know, 70 or $80 a share because we went to the smaller timeframes and we use the smaller timeframe levels because the thesis is still intact, right? When you get in, you, you have a plan to get in, you have a plan to cover based on, say, your weekly timeframe or your daily timeframe. Those are your plans. I'm going to get in here and I'm going to cover here. And you stick to your plan, like just because it doesn't hit your target or, it, you know, it kind of does some weird shit. As long as it doesn't do something that you're not accustomed to seeing, you stick to your plan and you be patient with the trade because that's the only way you're going to make money is if you're patient. If you see a little bit of green and you just say, oh, I'm green, I'm jumping out. Well, what happens the next time when it goes red and it hits your max loss? Now you haven't made any money because you're not making any money on your green trades. So as the thing goes down, scale the time frame smaller. And like while that was going on, like you could have gone down to the five minute candles and traded around the five minute candles at, you know, when it, when it went from 130 to $125. Now, okay, I'm trading between this little channel that I see at 125 and $123 on the five minute candles, right? It wicks back and forth, and then it keeps going lower. So like, that's how you can use the smaller timeframes to make a lot more money in the original thesis of the trade, which I think is really important because it's it, like, you'll make a lot more money. And it's, uh, it's, it's lower stress too, because you know, you're always thinking in the back of your mind, the big picture. And if the big picture trade hasn't broken, like even if you take, you know, even if you short and then it bounces way back up, well, if it still hasn't broken your original entry, your original risk level, there's no reason to stress because the trade is still intact. Nothing's changed. Like you might have had a little bit of a bad entry, but then you can just wait until it comes back down because based on all of your own analysis and your own history and chart tracking, you should know that it's going to come back down or it's going to go back up or whatever.
I have a warning. I, I think it it's your your work so well for you because you're like so like regimented and so like you you really stick to the plan. Well, while you were describing that, I had flashbacks of times when I started playing that, <laughs> but then I got lost. I got lost from my plan. I started calling audibles because once you string together a couple of wins, I don't know if it happens to you, but when when I string together a couple of wins, I start thinking I'm pretty good at this. So then I'm starting to you know try to like you know call an audible, try to wing it a little bit, and that's when fucking shit goes wrong. Yeah, well, remember in what was it like? What was it? Uh, fuck, like um, two months ago or something like that. I had like, I had like twenty three trades, and I think I only lost on two of them. And the two that I lost, yeah. both the losses were less than half the size of my average win. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I had like a sick month, and then I literally started the next month, and I took like two massive losses. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's just hold on for a second. Let's get ourselves together. The market will never stop humbling you. Yeah, that's why. Like, whenever I, whenever I have like a really good winning streak, I'm always like, feel like I should just, I feel like I should just start sizing down. Like everything yeah. seems fine, but I don't know. It's, it just feels too good to be true. Yeah, I it's it's true. I've developed the opposite reaction. It used to be like if I had a big win, I'm like, yay! Now if I have a big win, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get fucked soon. Like I start yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. I think that comes with experience, man. Because yeah. like I know I know so many traders that have been like the guys that have been doing this for like five six years or more. They all say that. They all say like, man, I've had like four or five big green trades in a row. Like, I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut my size in half for a little while, just just to be safe. I I don't know if it happened to you, but I think the other important thing we should warn is like um, ratios win win loss ratios. I don't know if you agree, but I for me win loss ratios almost don't matter because I've gone on Bitcoin streaks where my win loss was like, I'm like 80, 88, 90% win streak. But that one fucking loss will wipe it all out, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why, like we talked about at the beginning, the risk management and how to operate your trade properly is very important. But again, that comes with not, you know, you don't have to go full size in every trade, right? That's, that's really important as well. But I, like, I, I was there at the same, like, I was there with you. Like, I had long streaks where that was happening to me. I had like, you know, I, I could be doing like an 80% win ratio. But I was not profitable. Like I was a losing trader because every time I take a lot, like the, the the risk reward was just way too far skewed that it just didn't work. I bet you that's like a level all traders have to get through. Where it's like you're good enough to string together wins, but you're not good enough to get to catch yourself when you get lost. Mm-hmm. And like when when you when you start thinking I'm I'm too good for this. Like I got I know the market, you know. And then yeah. that's when the, you you start pl- making those bad trades. I think I think that's like. If, if anybody's listening and they're at that point, you're like <laughs> almost there. You're like right on the cusp of being profitable because like David and I both had that and that was right before we both became yeah. profitable. Yeah. And then like, I know, I know tons of other traders who did the same thing. They're like, yeah, I'd be, you know, making money for two, three, four months. And then I would lose six months in one, like in one trade. And then I'd make it all again and again and again, and everything's fine. And I'd lose it all in one trade. So once you eliminate that one trade, it just, oh, it just, it just becomes so much nicer. <laughs> yeah. The trick is to sit back and be like, okay, I clearly have the skills to string together some wins. So I know what I'm doing, but what, what is it that's making me take this bad trade? Like what, mm-hmm. where, where, what, um, what part of my personality um, is, is making me do that? Right. Is it the ego? Is it pride? Is it whatever? Right. I Catch think, yourself doing it. I know from your, you, you might be different, but I know for me, it was, it was, like looking back on it, it was financial. Cause like I was in a position where like, you know, it's not like I didn't have a lot of money or anything yeah. like that, but like 
I was I was into the markets like, okay, this is this is I'm going to make a shitload of money. Like that was always my mindset or like, you know, I need to make money or like, you know, like, like we're, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck. We're buying houses like we're doing like we don't have a lot of like cash available. So whenever I whenever I started to lose a little bit, like even if it wasn't much, it was just like it was just like, fuck. And then you kind of let it run too long and you might add and then you panic and you just forget everything and you take this huge loss because like in my mind, it was like if I don't make money, I'm a failure, but like I've gotten past that. And like, you know, I'm, I'm financially stable to a point where like, you know, if I lose on a trade, like I, I can, I can sit there and be down, you know, X amount of dollars on a trade, whatever it is. And I, I just like, okay, well I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, I'm down. You know, like, all right, if it hits my stop, then I guess I'm out. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm out. All right, cool. Whatever. Wait till tomorrow. Like it, I don't, I don't even bat an eye over it anymore, which is, really nice feeling, but it took me years and years to be able to feel that way. But it's because I like for me personally, it's it's a financial thing. Like it's a confidence thing. I'm confident that my system works. So I know that I can make the money back. And I also know that I have like, you know, I'm financially stable enough that if I lose X amount of dollars, it's not going to be like a stress or it's not going to like, I'm not gonna have to like refund my account or anything like that. So that's, that's why I think it's really important that people know too, that like, as much as you can make a lot of money in the stock market and like everybody and their mother probably saw someone in 2020, 2021 who like, you know, works at McDonald's or whatever. And they threw $5,000 into, you know, friggin' scam coin and made $200,000 and like they won the lottery. Basically it's like, okay, that doesn't happen. Like you're looking at the, the 0.001% of people that just bet it all and just happen to hit, you know, blackjack or whatever, make a shitload of money. But that's not the reality. Like nobody does that. Traders don't do that. It's not, that's not how you make money in the stock market. Like it's, it's slow, it's boring, but it adds up over time. I mean, you know, if you're making, you're making a hundred bucks a day, like overall you're, you're an extra like what, 25 some odd thousand dollars a year. I mean, imagine you got a $25,000 raise at work. You'd be pretty damn happy. I'd imagine. <laughs> you know what helped me get through it? I, um, I don't have plans for the money. I used to like be like, okay, this account's whatever it's going to, you know, start to think about what I could do with this money. Now it's like, I have zero plans for it. The money's just there for investing, just there for trading. And whether it goes up or down, I had no intentions of doing, using it to do anything else other than this. So then yeah. if it goes down 30%, I'm just like, okay, like that's doing, you know, it's still doing what it's doing. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. Like I haven't looked at my investment account, like in quite a while because I've just been so busy with work and I see the markets crashing and I know that I'm <laughs> yeah. down. I know that I'm down a shitload of money, but I'm just yeah, like, yeah. like, oh whatever. I don't, I'm just I'll just keep doing my thing and I just keep throwing more money in because I'm just like, oh, whatever. I did, you know, it's doesn't stress me out because I don't need it. Like it's just it's just sitting there. Like it's well, even if you didn't need it, it's the expectation, right? It's like what if you were thinking, okay, I'm gonna buy an investment home with the money I make with the returns I make with this money, and suddenly yeah. it's down 30 percent like fuck my plan. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be like, it has to be something separate. That's why like, if, if you're trying to like, just do it, like it's, it's really tough. Like, that's why it's nice if you, you know, you have a full-time job, you're trading on the side, like you have consistent income. Trading can just be one of those things where it just, you know, it just, it's just on the side, right? Like if, if you can make it work and you can make money at it, great. If not, then, you know, it's not the end of the world either. There's a lot of other ways to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a good episode. Yeah, yeah, let's wrap it up. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for tuning back in. We'll probably start doing these relatively consistently again. <laughs>
Love it. Take care, guys. guys.